podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, my name is Gavin Ritu and welcome back to the Inside Training Podcast, proudly sponsored by G4 Claims, an accident management company specialising in providing support to those involved in non-fault accidents. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by our assistant head coach, Sergio Raimundo, a man who's travelled the world working in football, a man who can speak six languages, and a man who's been supporting Nick Montgomery since he joined the Central Coast Mariners in 2019. Sergio, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, I know it's been very busy since you, since you joined the club, but it's great to, ha- to sit down with you and, and chat to you about your career so far. And, um, well, to start with, I just wanted to, to ask you about... Um, your coaching journey and and your first steps into football, if you can remember. Hello and hello to all the Ivies. Um, so I started um, coaching really young. In Portugal, normally when you see, we're not gonna go a lot through the professional career as a footballer. You start studying really early. And uh, two of the biggest references of uh, my university were uh, Jose Mourinho, you, you all know and uh, the other one, Carlos Queiroz, that was Ferguson assistant for many years. And um, we've kind of went through the university pathway, started coaching really early at Benfica, youth uh, teams, the competition teams, and ended up four years after uh, as an academy assessor, assessor at Benfica too, and also under 19 assistant coach. And when was it that you decided, was it as a, as a kid growing up, uh, when did you decide that, that you wanted to be a, a football coach? Of course, look, as a kid, uh, my mother has my, all my drawings. I don't know why she kept them, because they're not very nice, but she did keep them. And uh, look, everything I used to draw was uh, football, games. But I, I have to be honest with you. There was a moment in, in, um, into my life where I felt a bit uh, away from the game. I felt first, I was very good in many sports. I, w- I used to do also athletics at the highest level, 400 meters, which is pretty tough. It was a great challenge. And, um, and while training football, sometimes I didn't felt uh, things, some things were fair. I didn't felt also a big pleasure to train. Maybe I didn't got the best experiences. And I always thought, there's something you can do better, you know. You, when you love to play football at the street, in the streets with your friends, you like the game itself. And sometimes going to the, the, the competition world, it, some, some, some things, you, you can keep that love or it can, can be taken away from you if it's, not, um, if it's not driven on the right way. And I think that's what late, later made me go back to the game and think now I can be a difference here, can um, make people enjoy the game, enjoy training, uh, love what they do. Um, I can certainly make a difference as, as a coach and uh, as an assistant. I, I've, I've never thought honestly in working to be a, a manager, but always work towards being a top assistant coach. Somebody that can unite people, that can speak many languages, communicate with people, in their own language, somebody that builds uh, exercises people like to, to, to play. And that was what's driven me, to be honest, to, to then 
come back in love again with the game and come back to the coaching side, which I enjoyed honestly much more than I enjoyed the, the playing times. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, looking back at your in your earlier kind of um, career, I, I know probably at the start of your of your coaching career, you spent uh, three years at the Navy and, and Special Forces. Um, can I just ask about that experience? What what that was like and 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 how that kind of came about? Look, that was maybe the point that made me realize what I really want to be, because as, as growing up as a teenager. Um, I didn't really, I wanted to go to the University of Sports, but I found out that I missed the deadlines for prerequisites that they needed. And I didn't have, my parents, they didn't know much how, how to guide on that. And it's, it's not their fault, it's just the way it is. My professors, maybe they missed the deadlines and they didn't, I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of lost, always, I, I was always a very good student, but I was a bit lost, didn't have that guidance. I needed to find things for myself. And I got into a, a, a moment where I couldn't go to uni that year. And I had a, one neighbor that was special forces. He told me about how hard mentally and physically it was. And I took it more, not that I wanted to go really and, and, uh, and get sent into wars, but it was more, wow, what, what a challenge this may be mentally and physically. And that's when I, I ended up, I had the long hair at the time. I used to play in rock bands. <laughs> I know the Proclaimers really well. Yeah. <laughs> a band I, I, I always loved. And, um, and I, I, I thought, look, I'm going to go into this. And immediately I shaved my hair to zero. I said, if I'm going to do testing, it has to be proper. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do it, so shave my head, went to the, the tests I passed and ended up being there for, for three years, which it was fantastic because it was the it gave me that mental test my mental side to the maximum which which it's it's something that makes you grow as a person and as a competitor and also test the physical side and allowed me to see that uh, when you feel you you think you're in pain even relating to the footballers you think you're in pain they, we used to have a saying is we, you're, you're only 60% into what you're capable of doing. So there's still 40% more to give. To give, yeah. So, so have you taken the, the kind of the lessons that you learned there and have you taken that into your coaching career when, when you are kind of, when you're demanding more of, of the players and, and, you know, that kind of mentality side of thing? Has is, is that, is that experience really helped you in your coaching career? Definitely. It was, I think, not only helped, but it was key. It's key in, in all the process and in, in, it was in my growing because... I, st I still do my bed, so it's something I, and, and it's not only you think it's only the physical and psychological side, but you do, that relates into life routines. Mm. So I like to wake up, do my bed. Um, I, I like to, to have some routines that the, the, I've kind of learned there. And uh, yes, definitely, when you demand from the players, you know, you're, you're testing them, but you're also pushing them to their best mm -hmm. physically and mentally. It allowed now to be in certain environments, may pe many people think they're maybe hostile, and I don't feel it, honestly. don't feel that, that uh, hostility maybe others may feel. And on the other hand, it allows you to also push people a bit 
further, but without breaking. So we have to be careful because um, it's football. It's not exactly special forces. <laughs> we want to help people, make them grow, but you have to be aware that there's there's limits, yeah. and we need to respect the limits. Make sure everybody is is healthy and in good well-being, and and then work from there for to achieve their peak performance. Three years in the, in the special forces, and then am I right in thinking that is when you, when you went to university for the coaching? Thing? Yes, so same university as as Marie exactly. said. Yeah, yeah. So what I've done then was, um, I went immediately after I went to university. So from there, even in my last year, I was planning already in coming back. So I did all those testings that I failed previously. Yeah, yeah. And then I failed the timings, not the testing, but then I, I ended up going into. And yes, I've met, um, look, I've met somebody very, was very special in my life that uh, unfortunately passed away very young. Still, when we were at uni, he was my best friend, Bruno at the time. And um, we always said, he said, ah, you're a very smart guy. I, I think I'm a great manager, he told me. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be my assistant and uh, <laughs> I'm going to be the manager and uh, we're going to, we're going to meet Mourinho because I know him and we're going to check, go, go to Chelsea and have a look at what he's doing. And, and he kind of said, I said, okay, look, I'll just keep studying and, and learning as much as I can to help. You know, I always like that technical part, the, the study behind things, the why, why are things like they are? Because people assume they're like this because they were always like this, but it's, it's, if you're going to think like that, you won't uh, have any evolution in time. So you need to, understand there's a lot to be taught, a lot to be learned, a lot to be developed, and we're just on the prehistory of modern society almost. Mm -hmm. So from from there, did you then get your first job working in football at, at was that at Benfica within the under? Yeah, it was straight away. No, it was uh, at Benfica with the younger ones. Uh, okay. It was the competition teams of sevens, eights, and nines. Because, again, there was other people in the course. Many were in the youth at Benfica. And I, I started there. Uh, I was there for three years. And it was funny because the mindset was, oh, if we're in the younger ranks, we'll never get to the older ranks. And I always said, no, it, like that comes the mindset maybe from my past experience. No, you can do everything you can. You just need to believe and work for it. And um, on the fourth year, I ended up going, being called to be this assessor of um, the academy director at the time. And I was also invited to be under 19 assistant coach because uh, my mentor, he was uh, Manuel Sergio, he actually was the same as Jose Mourinho, if, if you read about it. And um, Manuel, he, he went to the professional football. And he brought me into the, the that youth football was elite youth was 15s, 17s, 19s, to be the assessor of the academy director. At the time, there was no 23s, no reserve grades. So the second team after the professional was the 19s. Yeah. And, and within that team, am I right in thinking there was there was some some really top players within it? Uh, Bernardo Silva, uh, Joao Cancelo as well. As a coach, can you can you spot talent like that? Can you just can you immediately think look? I'm looking at that player and they're going to go to, to, to the, the highest level. Or, do you, or sometimes is it a bit about luck or is, or is it a kind of combination of both? There, there's, there's a bit of everything. Like um, there's what, it, what actually happens is there's a bit of luck because many were to 
uh, leave the process and then they kind of kept going and they the story of the military honestly you can apply to life is you keep going you work hard you resist to all the adversity and in the end you end up achieving something and even if you don't achieve what you expected you still achieve something and um, but yes I, I, I was always good sporting talent I, while I was working in the youth I was always working with the scouting too uh, spotting players but at the moment when you go to a team like that we had an under 19 team that was fantastic was fabulous and Miguel was the goalkeeper coach too at the time so when the season started um, there was Ederson Moraes in goal Jose Sá that is now in Wolverhampton in goals uh, there was uh, João Cancelo as a fullback there was Fabio Cardoso center back of Porto there was uh, Bernardo Silva João Cancelo André Gomes Place for Everton, even Cavaleiro, Fulham, Elder Costa leads. So, but it's obviously it wasn't us spotting that talent. That talent was already coming through the academy. And and I'm going to be very honest with you. It was my fourth year as a coach, and I've learned more with the players at that time than what I've what they've learned from me. I honestly learned more with Bernard, with Elder, with Cancelo on how they behave, how they accept people in the group how they don't accept coaches, how they accept coaches, how do they don't accept other players and certain, uh, certain values and certain attitudes. I've learned that more from them uh, than I really pass it to them, honestly. It, it seems like that you obviously learned a lot then at your t time at, at Benfica. What was the, the decision then to, to move and you went to travel the world coaching in Senegal, Brazil, Canada, Austria? Well, what, was the, what was the reason behind that? Well, again, it was mentality. Um, because it was, again, out, out of the comfort zone. Our psychologist, uh, one psychologist I worked with, he always said, uh, be comfortable being uncomfortable. And again, at the time, I got, I, they created the B team and they, they asked me if I could stay as an assistant for the B team. And it would be me, easy for me to stay one more year. And, and, and be in Lisbon and fantastic club and uh, watch Champions League every week. But I, dis I said, no. So what do I want to be? That is top assistant coach. So I want to be in the top assistant coach. I need to learn languages. I need to know cultures. I need to travel the world. If I stop here, I may stop here the next 15 years and then what? Mm -hmm. And if I travel the world, I'll network. I'll know languages, cultures, people. I'll grow much more, although it's the hardest way to... And I decided to go on the hardest way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where many will go on the easy, I said, no, let's go on the hardest because in the end, I'll be more prepared than if I'll just stay here. Definitely. And, and whereas each of those experiences, were they all kind of just totally, totally different to the next, if you know what I mean? Like, yes. To totally, totally different but... culture, different language, like you said. Yes, different but equal because what you learn is you have to adapt. If, if you go to different cultures and you try to implement yours without adapting, you, you, you risk to fail. But if you adapt to people, to cultures, if you understand the mindset and if you work it, then, then it, it will be okay. And what this experience taught me was, although people is all different, if you think they, they, they may have a different mindset, but that's it, basically. We're all human. If you watch a football game all over the world, everybody wants to win. Nobody ever told me, I, I want to lose the game. 
or not in, in normal conditions, everybody wants to win. Either some want to win having more possession, some more being more direct, some marking man-to-man, -man, some marking zone, some mixed. Some So there's different ways people perceive there is the correct to get there, but there's different types of football that vary with the culture. In the end, everybody wants to win. So your end goal has to be win. How do you get to win? There's several ways to do it, and uh, you've kind of gave me freedom also to try. Okay, let's try. Let's see if this, let's see if it works there. Let's see in here. And, and then you start to adapting and trying and, and you, you grow up so much more than just staying on the same culture every time and doing the same things and believing the same things are true that make no sense at all if you go to another country. What, what was your, what was your favorite out of the experiences or were they all different and you had like- Yeah, it's, it's, it's all, my favorite thing was actually not only the football, but the adapting with the family to the culture, knowing different people. Uh, actually, something, something simple like making friends for life. That, that, was, that was the main thing. And then in terms of technicality, you learn that the Senegalese players, they work really hard. They're physically very strong. Um, you, the, 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 the Brazilians, they prefer to make somebody twice than, than scoring a goal. Yeah, yeah. Maybe now the Scottish, they, they'll clap more a tackle than a meg, which in Brazil, tackle, it's horrible. You don't tackle, that's, can't do that. Oh, that's very ugly. So you've kind of, you kind of get there and say, okay, it's different way of seeing and kind of give people what they want to see, but also make something that's going to be an impact in, in, in that country and, and win. You have to win. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about um, Australia then. Um, and well, first of all, how you first met um, Nick Montgomery, I believe it was in a coaching course in Belfast. And then how, well, from meeting him, did you instantly kind of click like that? Or is there just something about his personality? that you both got on really well. How, how did that come about? Yeah, so it's we've met on the coaching course UFA in Belfast, don't remember, in 2015 or 16. And yeah, we immediately clicked as uh, on the human side and the values. Mm -hmm. So I, I saw he's a real family man. He's a good person. He worries with people. He has this management. It's, 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 I call it gift, but I don't like to say it because I don't like to say somebody else was born with it but he definitely went through his career as a captain and as a family man and he developed those skills through, through his life. And he was, he was some, somebody I said, wow, this guy, as a manager, he will be fantastic because he cares, he's honest, he's hard worker, he wants to learn, he values people. And uh, I immediately saw on him a great, a great manager. I said, okay, because I'm going to be honest, I prefer to be without a job or doing trading or building houses than being working with somebody I wouldn't like to work with. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And immediately when you say, you work for him and you know, it's, you know, it's, you have the pleasure of getting out there and put, put everything you have to, to make him feel well and to help him and, and, and to, to go through a journey to, together. So, and, and he brought you to Central Coast Mariners in Australia within the academy set up. What was that? as you just kind of alluded to there, was that a very easy decision to make, to, to go and join him? Yes, it was, it was easy. It was very easy because, again, it's, it's one of maybe two, three people I know I would work with 
Uh, and once he said it, I said, okay, this, this is the time. I t because I told my wife at the time, we were actually in Canada, and she said, please, we've traveled five countries already. Can we stay here for a while? I say, yeah, no worries. Unless some, something comes very different. And the, the one country she would like to see was Australia. Uh -huh. <laughs> so when that came and when that, once that happened, I said, you won't believe something come up from Australia. And uh, Nick, the guy I met in the course, he said, oh, okay, but let's see. And, and, and then things, things clicked straight away. And I knew, I knew, I knew all the way that things will be like they are at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you just, you just feel it. It's some things you can't really explain with rationality. It's just how, how much did you enjoy that time? Um, firstly, within the academy at, at Central Coast Ma Managers, because you, you, you totally kind of turned the academy around, didn't you? And went on to, ha to have that success. Yes, 100%. So the club in the past, they had, uh, they had some good players that went to the national team. But at the time, they were a bit on, on a gray area. The past six years, they were four times last place, uh, two times before last. So they weren't producing any players. Um, it was quite, quite bad when we arrived. And we actually given a bag of balls, a bit of grass, where people used to walk the dogs. And, uh, and they say, you guys sort it out. And we did sort it out. <laughs> Uh, we were actually champions under 20s. We were champions with the 23s playing against men in the in the in the third Australian division. And uh, from that group of players we've created, many of them, like maybe 10, 12, became full-time pros. And uh, seven, eight of them ended up winning the cup with us a few years after. So since 2019 to last season where we won the the championship. Most of those players were academy players that grew, grew, grew with us. And we were the number one club at, uh, in AFC and the 17th in the world for academy developed players uh, playing minutes in the first yeah. team. So, so when you, um, you had that success in the academy, um, Nick Montgomery then obviously um, got the, the job as a manager and obviously wanted uh, his number two to, to, to join him. Could you ever, did you know that you were going to have that same success at the first team level yes. because of the belief that you'd kind of instilled within the academy? Were you, were you always confident that you were going to go on to have that success because the Central Coast Mariners did punch above their weight in that league. There's no doubt about that. Yes. No, we, we knew it. Uh, it's not only belief, but it's also process. We, we created, we've put process in places. We put departments in places, sports psychologists, analysis, um, SNCs and, and whatsoever and on the first year straight away we went to the final of the cup for the first time in history uh, we broke a lot of records we did had the biggest one in the cup ever six six nil win with an average age of in that squad was 22 years old I think 21 years old so it was a really young squad beating big squads and uh, with a lot of history and um, yeah, I knew I knew it would work. It's it may seem easy now because, but at the time, if you ask me, I'll tell you the same. Mm -hmm. And I knew it it will work as I know it it it's um, it will work here too. Mm -hmm. And in terms of your your relationship then uh, with with Nick, how 
how are you two on, on the training ground? Is it very much you work together? Is it a kind of good cop, bad cop? How, how do you two interact with each other? No, we speak uh, because obviously we have different, although we have same values, we have different personalities. So I can get better to sometime, some types of personalities and normal, normally more also with the foreign players, maybe from France, from Brazil, from Belgium, from, from Italy. From Portugal, I can relate really well to how they think, uh, can speak their language too, which ha helps a lot. And he, he, he has another type where he's stronger at. Yeah. So in the end, we kind of, we've kind of, well, obviously communication is key. Like we work hard and we're honest with each other, good or bad. We tell each other, you need to be better on this. You need to be better on that. And, and we, we tell it each other that make us develop to better and always supporting, not pointing the figure, but supporting. And uh, and then we kind of, okay, you're better with this guy. Can you maybe have a word with him or you more with that yeah, yeah. one? And we've kind of complement whatever we're stronger at, depending on the situation. It's not good or bad. It's more, okay, you relate better. Yeah, yeah. You relate differently. Yeah, yeah, playing to your strength. So. Exactly, but he's a great manager. Look, he'll be able to manage anybody anyway. But it's all, I think it helps that cultural part helps to, because you, you, you may be misinterpreted if, if, especially the foreign players, because you think, oh, they're not doing well. But the thing is, they were never told not to do it. So, and then when you go, oh, 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 how is that? They're never told, you know, people may think, but no, it's because in that culture, they do this more or that more. So you kind of need to teach them, okay, this culture is not accepted, we're on this one. We need to follow the rules of yeah. Scotland, for example, of whatever we were. Yeah, so let's talk about the move then from Australia to Scotland. How did that one go down with the wife? <laughs> oh, I was lucky again, because she lived for one year. She lived for one year in Scotland before. Okay. So she had the bright idea of coming and learn to speak English in Scotland. Okay. So <laughs> she spent one year here uh -huh. uh, in Edinburgh. So she has a couple of friends and she always told me, uh, even when we were in Australia, we said, hi, oh, one day we need to go together to Scotland. So beautiful in the castles. Oh, really? And then and, and the, the green areas and the islands and this and that. And it was a, a country, honestly, she always loved a lot because she spent also a lot of time here. I think at the time she had a couple of pints <laughs> and now she won't be able to have as much because we have our little daughter. But, um, but uh, yeah, she, she was okay. She was, after five years at least, we spent five years there. So she can tell me that we made a, a drastic move. <laughs> yeah. So it, it gave her time, it gives her time also to adapt now mentally to get ready and, and she's ready for the, for the challenge. And, and for you, was, was it, um, when you got the opportunity to come and, and join a, a club like Hibs, was, was that was that an easy decision to make to, to leave Australia or? What we say, no brainer. Yeah, uh -huh. no brainer. Eh? It's a big club. Look, it's a massive club. Um, I think Nick Nick felt it uh, before. He kind of felt it, and it's incredible because he said no to so many clubs, hmm. uh, and we didn't know we didn't know um, this opportunity will come. But he didn't mention. Mm -hmm. If Hibs, you have to get ready. And this was maybe a couple of days before. Uh -huh. And 
and I was okay. We, we are, even if you go to the North Pole, so no problem, we're ready. <laughs> but uh, or the South Pole, but but uh, he, he kind of had the feeling, uh, which is something you can't explain. Again, is those things you, you feel it, and um, I was ready. Look, it's a massive club. We know the club, know the story, the the history. Although people say uh, they say a lot here that you don't know Scottish football, or you know the fact is, don't forget you have. TV everywhere. I used to commentate with Jason Cummings, the the Hibs games or <laughs> or, or Rangers or the the old firm games. So we always talking about. Yeah, it. yeah. Say, oh, did you stay up till? The, yeah, we did. <laughs> to text each other. Oh, uh, are they doing? Oh, we, so we still watch the games anyway. We knew a lot of teams. We we saw how our teams were playing in the championship, and we had a strong belief that we can make an impact. Mm-hmm. And. I know it's been a really busy time uh, in your first kind of few weeks, but how has that settling in period been and how much have you enjoyed your time so far here? Yeah, honestly, didn't need any settling period. Maybe it's from having traveled in the past, but I always felt like home is where you are. So immediately um, I felt it home. I I think people, the mindset of people um, is like our mindset, which is hard work, be honest. People want to see that you work hard, you give everything you got, and that's what we're about too. So it ends up being like being at home, honestly. Uh, and when you came into the club, what were your your first thoughts? You mentioned obviously it's a big club, but what was your first thoughts on, on the, the kind of the group of players as well that, that you had? Is that something that you were like immediately, like Look, we've got a great group here and, and we can work with them? Is yeah, that- we, we saw that before we arrived. Yeah. So when, when we were studying the team, we said we can work here, like there's quality. It's a great group of players, and what they surprised us is that they actually not only great footballers, but great people too. Mm. And uh, they really bought into it. They they want to learn. You you, th- you think that some of them, with 30 years old, or maybe they they, they don't. Want, but yeah, but they do want. They want to get better. They want to learn. That's what the best they do. It doesn't matter what how old they are, and this is what these guys do. So I, we immediately knew that the group was good. They weren't just. Uh, optimized and in a way we think we can optimize them and um, but we were very excited straight away just from studying him when you arrived was even easier because they're just great guys and on the on the training pitch then um can you tell us a bit about the elements of training or match preparation that, that you focus on or it how do you, how did yourself nick dave gray and miguel all all work together because are some of you more hands-on than others or or is it kind of a mixture uh, look we, we all talk a lot which is important because we have one idea that we want to pass not only in the profession but also in youth one idea and um, try to find out what's the hips way and then and i think we we've been working really well and then obviously there's there's different tasks they've he's been another person that has been fantastic since we arrived, the good guy, hard worker, is the DNA of the club. Um, I still call him to annoy him, Sir Dave Gray. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like it, but I say Sir Dave, <laughs> and because uh, he's he's uh, he is a legend, and uh, he has to feel comfortable on it. And he's he's a fantastic guy too that uh, mixes really well. And we have a very core strong group also of staff, not only staff on the pitch but outside of the pitch too. Great club environment and. On the pitch, obviously, there's different tasks. So they will focus more on some things, Nick on others. 
uh, Miguel will say somebody something, but nobody listens to him anyway. <laughs> and uh, look, and everybody has his own strengths, and we we kind of use try to use the strengths of everybody uh, on the right way. We can't give much to the opponents. We can't tell the secrets. Yeah. <laughs> um... What one thing that the, you touched upon it earlier about, about um, speaking languages and the fans picked up on that on that as well in, in one of our our videos they saw that you speaking uh, um, French or, or Portuguese to to some of the players is that a kind of a, a, a real benefit do you think that that you've got that that kind of like ability in your locker and you can get messages across onto the pitch yes I al I always believe that that's why I decided as you told to go out of the comfort zone and be better at it. Because I do believe it makes a big difference. Um, imagine you, you, you grew all your life listening uh, a language and, and suddenly somebody is telling you on the language your parents were talking to you or your family. Obviously it has a bigger impact and maybe you perceive things as they are. And sometimes when you translate, some words get a bit out of context or, or misinterpreted or you're not really understanding what's, what's the message. The boys, they, they speak good English anyway, so, but I think it gets deeper if you speak at, at times, not every time. Yeah, yeah. If it's a lot of people around and we have a conversation, then we have to meet on the language everybody understands. But if it's on the pitch and it's somebody that's going to have immediate impact, I think sometimes in, in their own language, they will feel it deeper. Yeah, because I think people saw clips of you, um, I think it was shouting at, at, at LA, uh, you and in, in one of the games, or, or giving instructions to to Jair or or, or Rocky, and um, and you can tell it does have a, a, an impact on the player being able to get that that message across. Yeah, I think that's that's where Heli had fantastic words after the game, which he came from his heart and from his mind, and and said that we're we're more like a family, and that's a bit what we tried to give him some comfort too, because. You think that uh, it's only shouting or pushing, but it's also passing confidence and also giving them that uh, that safe safe spots where they can relate to that is the mother tongue. Mm -hmm. You mentioned at, at the Mar Mariners, you talked about you had a, a goal, you had a vision, you knew what, what you were going to achieve and you went on, on to do it. Do you set yourself those kind of goal, goals at Hibs and, and, and what do you want to achieve during your, your time here? Yeah, look, I, I don't want to talk about goals of the club because that's that's very personal and that's very from the club you know that's yeah. going to be the owner the ceo the manager but we, we do know where we can get and we do know what we can do with with the squad with with um, in future with the, the the style of play we've been implementing and the mindset we we can create in the squad but also in the club um, and we we know where we want to go. We know where we're going, and and we're gonna keep go, going on that direction. I won't tell you much. Yeah, no, definitely. And my final question was I, I, again to speak about the Mariners. One of the key philosophies was players in the academy and promoting the young players. We've already seen that here with Roy Whitaker making his debut, and becoming the youngest ever player for Hibs to make their debut. I think it was 16 years and 44 days. Is that something more? that Hibs fans can expect under yes. yourself. And, there's and more to come. We'll keep it in secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's, there's more to come. And, and obviously that's something we're, we're not investing only time in, in training the first team. And, and that's it. We're actually investing time in being with the academy coaches, in making sure they have 
good uh, structures, good uh, organization, and they have good facilities to work on. And uh, we're spending time on them. We're bringing players into training. And uh, yeah, there, there will be more to come for sure. And I think that we think that that's the end. That's why our Nick also, he was brought when he, in Sheffield United, you know, through the youth mm -hmm. system. He was a local boy, so he knows better than anybody what's, what's the feeling of being a local boy playing into, mm -hmm. into the first team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, Sergio, um, it's been brilliant having, having you on the, uh, the podcast and, and hearing your, your stories. And we wish you uh, all the best for your time here at Hibs. And thanks again for joining us. All the best for us. Hi, Bis. <laughs> <laughs>